welcome to episode number 46 of the spoiler cast i'm your host dan and i'm joined here by Barra. hi everybody and we are going to be talking about a certain movie that dan zarzicki just saw and what movie was that uh that movie was get out which is, in case you haven't seen it yet, uh, which I hope you have, because the spoiler cast is all about spoiling things, and normally we will gleefully spoil something, even if something is good and you'd benefit from, you know, seeing it with a fresh eye. It's like, Doctor Strange, we'll happily do it, but Get Out is really good, and a lot of its goodness comes from not having it spoiled for yourself, so if you really, truly can, go see it before you listen to this podcast. Just like, pause... Go see Get Out and then listen to us talk about it because it really is, I would say, the best thing I've seen this year. And unless Star Wars really, really surprises me, uh, and this is no shade on Star Wars. It's like basically Star Wars got, Star Wars needs to top The Force Awakens for this to dethrone Get Out. And I'm expecting to love Star Wars. Myself as well, but I saw Get Out weeks after its release and I would say that If you haven't gone yet and you happen to see this or hear this podcast rather like just before it leaves theaters because it's probably on its way out, go see it in theaters. The reason I say that is even when I went with 10 people, there was a lot of audience participation. Yeah, uh, there was a little so less audience participation in our theater just because I think it was it's both like in Somerville and it was like on Friday. So on the Friday that was released, like I saw the exact opposite end, like the set, the day we could see it, Shannon and I, my, my significant other, we went and saw it. And it was, so I don't think that people really got the audience participation thing yet. Um, but yeah, no, now it's like people will be seeing it. It's probably they're seeing it for the second or third yeah. time and they'll be yelling at the screen yeah. for good reason. Yeah. Yep. It was really cool. Um, also, I, I you don't know this yet. Get Out was the first time I've ever seen a movie by myself. Really? Yeah. <laughs> that is that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if you know this or not, but do you know that I used to review movies as part of my job? I did not. So yeah, when I was working my first journalism job uh, out in the Berkshires, I made it as a part of my job description because I was a general assignment reporter at a startup newspaper like hey i want to have a movie review column so every week i would go and see movies and i think every time i'd like see it alone but even before that um i actually oftentimes really do enjoy going to see movies alone it's just like a really nice experience like some people you know like they like to buy a whole pint of ben and jerry's ice cream and eat it themselves (laughs) that's kind of like me and watching a movie alone it's just like a good way for me to unwind but what was it like for you to experience that thing it was odd it was odd you didn't like it so i went to the summer Somerville AMC, mm-hmm. and because it was right after work, I worked near near there. And yeah. I was like, okay, I'll just traipse over and grab a ticket. Um, I think everybody else I know knew he was around; had already seen it. My girlfriend didn't want to see it because she it was scary, or that's at least how it was sold. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was super scary, but we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went there by myself. I just discovered. That the AMC theaters, which are now newly renovated, had a like a section, like a balcony section on the side. Oh, with sweet! The, with two, so you have your front, you have the bar, and then you have the kind of the back group of seats. But if you look on a map when you go to pre-order your tickets, you'll see pairs of seats on the left side by themselves, kind of mm. like siloed, and they are basically fully reclining pairs of seats. So you can go with it with an SO. Or you can go, in my case, by yourself and buy a giant bag of popcorn and fill that large cup with Mr. or sorry, Pib Extra <laughs> and, uh, and have yourself a good time. So, so I really liked it, but it felt really, really awkward because I had never seen a movie myself. I'm generally a very social guy. If you look at the VAK, you know, visual mm. auditory kinesthetic scale, yeah. I'm very auditory. I like to be with people. And Interesting. That's, that's how I live my life. So it's a very strange experience for me. Yeah. But I really enjoyed the movie, and I really enjoyed my experience nonetheless. Nice. I've actually never heard of the VAK scale, but I should go check it out because that sounds yeah. fascinating. Uh, but no, I mean, actually, in terms of those reclining seats in that Summerville AMC, um, we actually – I've been there once before, and that was with my girlfriend when we decided to just, like, to take the piss out of it, um, go see uh, the Fifty Shades Darker. Yeah. And we literally fell asleep. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> in the middle That's of awesome. the movie. That's great. <laughs> Uh, the best thing I could say about that movie 
was uh, A, the falling asleep story, and B, it was like on the big screen and hearing it for the first time, the Zayn Taylor Swift song is actually dope. Um, Taylor Johnson, whoever the lady is, kept on like spoiling it with her dialogue, like this like epic sailboat and this pop song. It's like, yeah, this is great. And then her inane dialogue, along with the inane dialogue of creepy stalker Christian J- Gray, is just ruining this thing. It's like, I just want a music video where like an ex member of One Direction serenades me <laughs> as I lay back in this comfy chair, and you're ruining it with your pseudo kinkiness. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Anyways. Anyway, we're talking about a better movie. We are talking about a much better movie. So, uh, do we want to like erect the big red spoiler warning before talking about Get Out? So before we even get there. Okay. Let's say you touched on it. So the spoiler cast is sort of your look at, (laughs) uh, typically in the past we've done video games. We've done a lot of movies lately and I just wanted to address that and say that. Movies are a lot easier to do spoiler casts on than games because they require yes. two hours of your time, two mm-hmm. and a half hours of your time um, to experience and then talk about where games can be, especially these days, can be upwards of 60, 80, 100, 150 hour experiences. And like, Dan would know nothing about spending that amount of time on a video game. <laughs> yeah. There's not a certain one where a certain plucky elf is running around a countryside <laughs> and exploring things and you never want to actually fight the boss because there's always new things to explore that Dan could be doing. Am I right? Yeah, you are right. I'm so, talking about so, Breath of the Wild. Yeah. <laughs> He's talking, of course, about... Persona? No. Uh, so, so we have we have a ton of good casts coming in the game side. I just want to let the listeners know if you mm-hmm. do listen to us, subscribe or whatever. And um, we are still doing games. We just haven't had the time lately. But we have Zelda coming. We have Horizon Zero Dawn coming. We have Persona 5 coming. Persona 4 Golden coming. We have so much coming. But right now, it's been a lot of movie season stuff because a lot of great movies are coming out along with those great games. Yeah, um, and we definitely will be doing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Uh Alien Covenant uh, is something I'll push for because Alien. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, uh, and we're all, as I'm sure you noticed, we're a little light today, so it's just Bear and I. But it, that doesn't matter. It's not going to stop us from having an amazing time. It's true. It's true. I'm. Uh, will, I mean, I'm. I'm feeling the lift of the hype to try to to try to get up there. <laughs> and uh, we're doing double double duty lift lifting yeah, the hype. Yeah, I'm, I'm lifting hype's end, and uh, Dan's lifting Allie's end. Yeah. And uh, together, we'll, we'll we'll try to hold up the world of the podcast. So we're talking about Get Out, uh, as we mentioned earlier, and this is the first the first feature film. No, yes, no. Did so Jordan fir- Peele direct Keanu or anything else? He did not direct Keanu. Okay. This is the first movie he's direct. It's his directorial premiere, um, and uh, which is yeah, which is interesting because uh, Jordan Peele, as most people know, is from. Or at least those who are in like the twenty-something, almost thirty-something milieu that uh, Dan and I operate in, uh, is from uh, Key and Peele, the awesome ske- uh, sketch comedy series on Comedy Central, which uh, wrapped. Was it last year that they had their final season? Yeah, and or two years ago. Was... Yes, fairly recently, and yeah, some of the funniest, most incisive sketch comedy you could ever ever want. So you think, okay. The first movie he directs is going to be a comedy. And yes, the first movie that the two of them were together in was a comedy. Keanu about like mm-hmm. just kind of basically an extended Peel sketch. But this movie is not a comedy. <laughs> well, there are funny parts are of funny it. parts, but it's definitely not. It's a classic yeah. horror movie. Yeah. It is like, yeah. it is it is a horror movie in the same vein of John Carpenter. Yeah. And in fact, as I like to say, um, Jordan now after having seen this movie Jordan Peele is in my mind the new John Carpenter yeah. in that John Carpenter is someone who did uh, They Live Escape from New York Halloween uh Big Trouble at Big Trouble in Little China The Thing like a lot of great horror movies and thrillers and a lot of the things particularly like They Live uh is, is I think his most famous on this thing but a number of other things touch of it uh, really touch on social and cultural issues like a lot of great horror does. And yeah, Get Out is a great horror movie that touches on probably the biggest live wire in all of America, which is race. Yeah. It is a horror movie about race and actually one of the first, I would think, to really like talk, tackle that head on. Um, and yeah, once we get past the big red spoiler warning, we'll... <laughs> 
be able to tell you a bit more about it. But uh, yeah, what what do, what do you think in terms of that, of, of that? And that it's like it's it's a horror. It is a straight up horror movie, and it's uh yeah. That and race is like the big central focus of it. Yeah, I would say that. I don't know, we'll wait for spoilers, but I would say that the I really like the movie a lot. Uh, it's going to be one of my favorite movies, if not my favorite movie of the year. Um, definitely a favorite movie I've seen so far. And uh, I didn't. I don't have a background in watching horror movies like you do, so I can't make those comparisons. Nor will I really make any comparisons. But I think <laughs> I, I think it like does a really good job of tackling. Let me move my mic real quick here. There we go. I think it does a really good job of tackling like liberal racism <laughs> mm. <laughs> which which um i think you might have if you haven't seen it yet and you're just listening to this for the review i think you might know about that a little bit already but it it tackles that specific piece of it more so than just you know uh blunt racism it's just it's it's more liberal liberal racism um and it uh yeah i mean it's an amazing directorial review it makes you uncomfortable but it's, it has some funny parts it's got, got a little bit of everything but it is as you said Vera, like a horror movie at heart Another thing I really liked about it um, that I just wanted to, I guess, say as my last my last bit is it's it's like it feels pretty short. Yeah, um, and I don't think that that's necessarily a coincidence. Um, right. A lot of a lot of and you know I have I am not like I'm not like my significant other that like I'm a horror expert. It's just it's one of my more yeah. favorite genres. But that being said, a lot of great horror movies are. Don't overstay right. their welcome. They're mm-hmm. fairly short. Um, that goes for things like They Live, which is mm-hmm. an hour and a half, or like a more recent excellent horror movie, which is last year's like The Witch. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a, a good horror movie doesn't need to be long. Right. It needs to have a good. It needs to have a good story set up and finish. And oftentimes, and what oftentimes makes things great is if it also like really touches on some very uncomfortable issues that we don't necessarily like to say. But yeah, no, it's a. It's not very long, and it also is just really technically excellent. Yeah, it's like just in terms of like the shots. Yeah, so let's 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 <laughs> hold the there. Work. Let's hold there. Oh we'll gosh. start with that, but yeah. let's hold there. Mm-hmm. Let's flip up that big red. Let's hit that big red alert. Spoiler warning. Yep. So from here so on out, shields are up. <laughs> put up your blast shields. There's gonna be some spoilers on the yeah. Because uh, from this point on, it's uh, it's going to be uh, it's it's not going to be pretty if you want to uh go in here with like get with like a clear with any misconception but pre if you will lose all illusions after this line yeah and and, and you you shouldn't you should if you haven't seen this movie more so than a lot of other things we've talked about i would say you really oh you really should see it before you listen to this yeah um and then come back of course and listen what you want you have definitely all because right. uh we'd like our folks yeah uh spoiler warning all right it's, let's, it's let's, down Let's let's let, let's have you take it away with the, the the lens camera shot kind of stuff. The movie is just technically very well done. Uh, like that's that's where that's something that is really should be emphasized, and that's not just by a standard of like just in quotation marks because horror is one of those genres that oftentimes gets gets maligned and stuff unfairly. Uh, but like by any step, but, and there is great technical work in horror movies period, but this is just like the camera work, the editing is perfection and the way that's used with music and visuals and it's tight, tight script, which is another conversation, but like, you know, camera work only works so much if it also is blended in with a great script and it's, it's really good. Uh, on that level and there's also a lot of callbacks and homages to different horror movies like one thing you see when you read interviews with jordan peele is that jordan peele is an affectionado of horror he Mm -hmm. loves horror he chose to make his directorial debut as a horror movie because he wanted to make a horror movie because he loves them uh so and that shows it shows that he because so he's doing callbacks to things like rosemary's baby is a big one that uh shana saw and they live in terms of just general theme and overall tone. Like this is doing with race what they live did with class. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and uh, but perhaps even in, in, even more, in, but even a more technically skilled way. Even uh, and yeah, it's just that's that that, that I mean it's just a broken record, but it's just it's really well done. I, I think sorry while you were talking, I was pulling up the cast list so I don't oh, get no. their names wrong. Yeah, I, I was actually I was pulling up my thing too, so I I, I wouldn't uh, um, would get it get wrong as well. So 
what I what I would say is I feel like there's a lot of Jordan Peele in the main character, Chris. Yeah, um, <clears throat> definitely. I just I just get that sense because it's all about his you know the, the 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 white people want his 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 knack for his eye for for a great picture great well photograph. we should probably uh do the but do we should probably start with like what the what the what the central like you know pitch of like why why the why he's suddenly surrounded by white people is oh yeah so he's he's uh going to visit meet the what what's the name of that I guess who's coming home for dinner? Guess who's yeah. yeah. Guess, <laughs> look, who, look who's coming for dinner. Or yeah, guess who's coming yeah, for dinner? Yeah. The great Sidney Poitier yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah he, he has a girlfriend who's yeah. played by uh, Allison Williams yeah. of uh, of Girls fame. Yes, who yeah. is fantastic in this. Yeah, uh, and this guy's played by a uh, Daniel Kaluuya, which is interesting in that like. I was convinced that he was an American who was mm-hmm. playing this role. He's actually not. He's a British actor. Mm. He's a uh, the the guy the character who plays Chris is this young black photographer in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he's been dating this girl for four months, and she takes him to this uh, to visit her parents in what I believe is Connecticut. They yeah. never specify. <laughs> it's it, Connecticut. It's, like, it's always Connecticut. It's like a drive into upper middle class land, yeah. and. Uh, it's maybe it's Westerkson County, but it's does. They Pro- live in New Connecticut. York, though, right? I think it's established. Yeah, but... New York City, but yeah, like a lot of a lot of the wealthier people live in there. And yeah, one yeah. of the things that uh, you said earlier is it's about a lot about like liberal racism, mm-hmm. which it definitely is. A lot of the other thing is clear is like it's also about racism from like rich people. Yeah, because like, every <laughs> yeah. all the white people in this movie also have yeah. like yeah. serious cash. Mm-hmm. All the white people that you see are are loaded and liberal, like. I voted for I would could vote for Obama a third time if yeah. I could is literally yeah. said by one of the main characters, yeah. but they're also also loaded. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was one of the orig- so watching this movie for me, especially lines like that and kind of going through the experience was very uncomfortable for me mm. the entire time. Really, like I was uncomfortable from the very beginning to the very end, and, and not necessarily because I'm guilty of like this liberal racism, but yeah. to, to the degree obviously that these these characters are, but just because it was just they did a really good job with 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 tension, um, and it was a really good job with not playing music when, which I know is a standard plot device, but there was a lot of non music in the movie. When there was, yeah, there is there it was just like oh my gosh, yeah, so. Uh, so that was cool. Um, what was I talking about? We we were talking about the liberal racism and you being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And we're also talking about the editing and the technical stuff. And he's going up to Connecticut to see her. And, uh, yeah. And that I could have voted for Obama three times. Oh yes. Yes. So, so I was, I found myself laughing the, the entire time. And I, I don't necessarily think it was supposed to be funny, but at, all the things that white people like shit white people say like yeah like like all of these things that i've literally heard before said to somebody who was black that was just making me laugh like you know i love you know i love tiger woods and uh they were talking about jesse owens and <laughs> and i'm like in this recliner in the movie theater just kind of giggling <laughs> maniacally because it's it one of the great things about this movie and they're and there's is is that the beginning, which is like he goes up with Allison Williams and he meets her parents, mm-hmm. and there's all these like uncomfortable cultural tensions where they say all this like really like off- offensive and off color like you're not meaning to be offensive, but you're being terribly offensive to this this person, <laughs> and it's really uncomfortable. And what's great about it is is that you see this guy who is you know who's like who's who's young. Uh, who's young, attractive, and has his life go, going on and stuff like, you see him absorb absorb this uncomfortable stuff and just like, and roll with it. Like there's actually, until the pivot point in the movie, he never freaks out. He never corrects the people. He never does it because he realizes he's in a different cultural space and he doesn't want to be like the angry black guy. I mean, he doesn't come right on and say it, but like, it's very clear that he doesn't just yeah. want to want to blow up and put himself potentially you know even even in danger because one of the earlier scenes is he they hit a deer and then the police come up and then the guy's trying the police is trying to get his id and then allison williams basically white girl chases him away but he's just like no let me deal with the police which 
actually takes a far more sinister interpretation once you yeah. realize exactly what's going <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But but yeah, it's just like it's really deeply uncomfortable before you re- before you fully grasp the sinister nature yeah. of what's going on in mm-hmm. this suburb because of just all the uncomfortable things that he's dealing with and then has to just absorb and not protest against it all. Mm-hmm. Like there's no like there's no educational scene or no like, oh, actually, or like, that's a little messed up. It's just like, oh, okay, I'm going to smile and nod because I love my girlfriend yeah. and I want to leave a good impression on her family and uh, I don't want to, and, and I don't want to come up as like a stereotype. And yeah, it's, it's really uncomfortable. Yeah. It's really uncomfortable. <laughs> and we should say that we're both tall, white, white men. <laughs> with beards, tall, <laughs> white men with beards. <laughs> Um, so I was reading after I saw the movie, I was reading some analyses online and I really wanted to get the perspective of a black person that had seen the movie because a lot of the critics were accused of being white critics. Um, having reviewed the movie had one way, one way of putting things. So I really wanted to see the other side. I wanted to see the other take and what they were saying, these black critics or these people who were commenting on blogs about other reviews is that a lot of the stuff that, you know, like the party scene was a big one where, he's basically walking around. So the, the main character, Chris is walking around with his girlfriend through this party and sometimes not with his girlfriend and just talking to these different white couples, mm-hmm. and different people at the party. And the things they're saying are so like, we were just talking about kind of like either mildly or definitely offensive, but like almost like they didn't mean it or something. But what I, what I read from the blog post is that that's all normal. Like that's all totally normal stuff. Like to a black person watching the movie, that's just like, a day in the life, just like a normal dialogue scene yeah. where nothing, nothing out of the ordinary is happening. That's just, that's just typical stuff. Yeah. Nothing creepy about it. But honestly, like as, as a white person watching the movie, every single time somebody walks up and says something, you're like, Oh God, it's like, like, Oh God, like what's oh going to happen? What's going to happen? <laughs> like he walks up to one person and like grab his arms and stuff like that. And like, you know what I mean? That it, woman who grabs his arms is like, Ooh, you know, you're, you're muscular or whatever. And you're just like, Oh God, what's going to happen to this poor, this poor guy. Yeah. It's you, 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 you really, you really feel for, for him. Uh, no, it's, it's interesting. I, I don't know. I actually, I didn't specifically seek out black critics or anything. Um, Mm -hmm. and again, like this is a, you know, say this is a very small sample size and such, but the, Oh, the thing was, is that my writing, writing partner out in LA, um, is a, is a black man. who's uh, one Mm -hmm. of, and, Typical liberal white things like one of my best friends, but seriously, like you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I take a bullet for Zaki, yeah, yeah. uh, but I remember <laughs> us like gushing about it, and yeah. we had we had similar things to say about. But I mean, we're also both nerds that went to Hampshire College, yeah. <laughs> so it's just like who have also a similar writing aesthetic. So it's just like in terms of uh, different cultural perspective, right. it's maybe not the best because again, I mean, he's black, I'm white, and we're definitely aware of that particular difference. But we also, I mean, there's a reason why we do screenplays and stuff together. Uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, that's that's definitely interesting, um, for sure. There's there's a lot of good, um, kind of starting from the beginning of the movie too. There's a lot of great shots. Talking again about the uh, cinematography too, that are sort of like, I don't know what the the right word is, but when when something can be construed one of two ways, I guess is is, and then you find out like what's going on. So I really liked, um, so there's the like the first scene in the movie is amazing. Because yeah. you got this guy walking, you later find out has been basically had a brain transplant, but he's like walking down a street in like the middle of Connecticut, like a suburb of Connecticut, and there's a car trailing him yeah. down the street, and it's shot just like any old horror movie, like yeah. an, or or there's some violence about to happen, but it's happening like in a suburb, in a white suburb, and yeah. it's shot just like a horror movie where the guys trailing him down the street, and it, I just thought that was really cool. Yeah, like, especially since like black person being tailed in a white suburb, yeah, yeah by yeah, some like random asshole yeah, is yeah, 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 yeah. unfortunately horrifyingly common. <laughs> I mean, this is how Trayvon Martin died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's 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 filmed in like a I don't know like a typical horror movie way in a in a very different scenario. Yeah, which kind of grounds it all. Like, oh my god, like, um, the whole movie does that. I guess that's what I was trying to say. The whole movie does it kind of subverts your expectation, but your expectation is always bad. Yes, your right. expectation is very bad. <laughs> we'll talk about the ending later, which I think is perfect. The ending but, is amazing yeah. and also a steep subversion of expectation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so one of the things to me in terms of like those great scenes, so basically, uh, you know, these, he 
uh, I guess to, to, to fast forward a bit in it and like feel free to rewind to it. Yeah, to no, make, you know, no they're, they're there. He's having these uncomfortable, but like as Craig to point out, fairly normal interactions. Yeah, I yeah. mean, like again, one of the, it was a, one of the things Rue was that was watching. It's like, yeah, this is uncomfortable. Like as you said, we've seen all of these <laughs> yeah, interactions yeah, with yeah, yeah. before. It's like, oh my god, why did you say this? <laughs> but it's still thing? uncomfortable. Yeah, it's incredibly uncomfortable, yeah. especially with how it's shot and done. And yeah, there's these like two. She has these two parents. Uh, one is, I, I think, a doctor, and then there's a psychologist. And can I quickly, 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 before you move on, say that I did not realize that Bradley Whitford played his dad until just now when yeah. I'm looking at the cast list. Yeah, and also, I mean, <laughs> Catherine Keener is the mom. Yeah, yeah I knew Catherine Keener, yeah. And she's great. Um, and yeah, and, it's, and they also have these two black domestic servants who they apologize for having, but just like, oh, but they took such good care of our parents that we could never let them go. And But it's just like, but... The servants are acting, are acting, act very like weird and stilted, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. And then there's another black person they meet at the, the, the that he meets at the party, but who's actually the guy you saw get kidnapped mm-hmm. in the beginning. And he's also acting weird and stilted until there's like a flash, and then he's just like freaks out yeah. and says, "Get out and get out." And then he goes, oh, like he and Allison Williams wander off, and he's like, "Hey, listen." I love you. And she's like, yeah, let's just go. And like, you know, they, they just like, it's a sweet scene. They affirm their love to each other. And as they're doing so, you see that people are playing bingo and they're filling out the card. And I mean, I'm literally still like getting chills in that this was one, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. one of the most horrifying scenes I've seen in my entire life. And it's funny because like not everybody had this interpretation, like neither Shana or Zaki did immediately. But you say they like, bingo and they're raising stuff and you're just like, what is going on? And then you see everybody's there and then there's the dad and then there's just like a picture of him and they're raising their bingo cards and i was like oh my god they're auctioning him off <laughs> they're auctioning him off yeah. and like it's just you and it's it was horrifying it's like yeah. holy shit mm-hmm. you're not sure what for and why but you know it's yeah. like they are that they've right. taken this like man who they've right. been objectifying throughout this party mm-hmm. and they're yep. auctioning him off like yep. a slave Yep. And it is it is really viscerally horrifying and frightening. And there's like that little, I believe there's like a little tone at that point. Mm-hmm. Like you hear like the sound. Like so yeah. it is one of the things where there is sound. Mm-hmm. And one of the other things is that at the party he had a, a conversation with this like blind like art collector. Who Steven had, Root. Steve Root. Who, who, who'd seen his photographs. And we we're like, oh my. And Shana and I were like, oh my gosh. He's going to be like the one like good decent person. No. He's, he's not. <laughs> he buy. He's the one who buys <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chris. Yep. And uh, and again, it's a first expectation because he can't see. Right. He's blind, so he can't literally cannot see color. Is like the whole idea. But even still, <laughs> so you get comfortable with him, and then. Well, not only is he blind, can't see her, but he's also like an artist. So you yeah. think, oh, he's cool and he understands yeah. that black people are humans because he's worked in the art community, arts community where yeah. there's a number of like people of color working yeah. and stuff, etc. You know, you think like he's more worldly than these like, you know, rich, uptight, mm-hmm. like, you know, doctor lawyers. But no, no, he's he's not. He's <laughs> or he is actually. You find out he's just evil. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, but that's actually the horror keeps on getting horror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's also should be said that there is this scene where Catherine Keener uh, hypnotizes him into not smoking, where he basically mm-hmm. falls into this like weird like trance state where he's like looking out through his eyes but can't do anything, mm-hmm. and it's a plot device. But but yeah, do you, do you want to talk about the box, Dan? The box scene. Oh God! <laughs> in the bedroom? Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. The movie was getting horrific, but that's that's the 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 point where the movie just goes straight horror. Yeah. Through, through the rest of the movie, and uh, it, it's creepy because you are. This the door was open earlier, right? Earlier on in the movie. The door, the door was open. I may have been. It's, it's been a while since I've seen. It's 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 been a well a while since I've seen it. But mm-hmm. there's definitely a uh, there 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 was this little door in her house and oh in in her in her bedroom. Yeah, in the first, it's like one of those like little walk like crawl crawl space closets. But he, earlier on in the movie, it's open when he first wakes up and goes outside and he doesn't go in. He just looks and notices the door is open. Yeah. I don't know if there's any purpose to that. Maybe you can speak to it at all. Why the door is open the whole time? You know, it could be it could it could be uh, some toying. It could just be a Chekhov's gun type thing. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Chekhov's gun is, for those who don't know, is this is this device where um, uh, Anton Chekhov, the Russian writer, said that if you have a gun in a story, it should go off by the end of it. Uh, so basically, uh, so yeah, so the this thing like the the open door may have just been like them being like, hey, there's this thing, and then oh, the gun's gonna go off. Yep. And it's a gun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a gun. Uh, yeah, so he goes, he crawls into the space, and there's just this one red box. <laughs> yeah, there's a red box. And and uh, he opens it up, and you're basically seeing, this is when you find out. Oh, no, because his girlfriend had just gone downstairs, right, to get her bag? Yes. Or gone, left the room to get her gonna bag? Because they're going to be going early. Like, there was no blow-up yeah. or anything. It's just like, they decide they're going to go early. It's yeah. like, your polite exit. Like, the polite exit that's, you know, I'm sure a number of co- of, 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 of mixed couples... From like a race or like religion and stuff, etc. Or just in general, like you know, if you're just not getting along well with your in-laws mm-hmm. or future in-laws, it's like let's leave a little earlier and go back home and like have ice cream and have sex instead yeah. of dealing with this <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> and this is where he finds out that that's not going to be happening anytime soon. No. So he opens the box and basically in it are a bunch of photos of his girlfriend with other black men, and um, the. The nanny, the black or, housekeeper. Yeah, the, the it's housekeeper, her. Yeah, her. And the nanny has like straightened out yeah. hair, and she's very nineteen fifty style. And the picture you have her is this beautiful black lesbian with like yeah. glorious hair, like all cuddled up coupley with Allison Williams. Is that ever established if she's just a really good friend or? I mean, it's not established I, whether it's like friend or lover, but I assumed lover. Yeah, yeah. Just because so, yeah. everything, all of those pictures are of boy are, are of boyfriends mm-hmm. and or at least would yep. assume so mm-hmm. and it seems like a tr- kind of a trophy case type right. thing and yeah it's also yeah. uh that's horri- true it, yeah and it's also like just like a, a bit of a horrifying situation yeah, yeah. i mean not to be it's it's truly horrifying because yeah. we sus- so shane and i were suspecting that she was in yeah. on it yeah but to have that confirmed in that way is <laughs> eerie yeah because you see that she's been doing this for a while, and the significance of it too, and why you know it's not oh just her past relationships from the second, yeah. and not just when she says the nanny, and she says like oh you're my first black boyfriend, right? Exactly. And you or, see no, yeah. there's at least ten people yeah, you get yeah, 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 yeah. paid through at least yeah. ten handsome black men yeah. that she's with until you get to this the may the nanny as a beautiful, free independent woman, and we're like, oh no, yeah, and then yeah. He try. He tells her to go, and she's like, "Where are the keys? Where are the keys? Where are the keys?" <laughs> yeah. It's like, and then he freaks out. He right. loses his cool. Yeah, he yeah. loses the cool that he's yeah. been keeping, yeah. and then she produces the keys and like, "Like, sorry, we're not going anywhere." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's Crazy. it's it's it is it is scary. It yeah. is horrifying. It is it's blood curdling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's uh. It, it's frightening. Uh, one of the other things that I thought was interesting is, is that what we didn't touch is there's the character of her brother. Oh, yeah. The brother this is... weirdo, like, UFC aficionado who's, like, spouting out, like, the kind of, like, you know, like, alt-right racism, like, That's stuff what... at the beginning of the movie. I'm glad you picked up on that, too. So that was, that was, my, that was my impression of his character was this still exists in our country and it's getting worse. That that was that was the message that I was receiving from that character. But you can go ahead and tell me. Yeah, about I always wasn't, wasn't thinking about that thing that that it's because uh, it's a lot of times in a crib of like polite liberal racism, mm-hmm. either of like unknowing or knowing. Yeah. But then yeah, also the other guy is like he wants he's into UFC. He talks about how like black people are like perfect for that for that kind mm-hmm. of fighting, and he like wants to get into like a fight with the with, with this guy. Like saying he's like um, when he mentioned that you know, but when Chris mentions that he used to do judo, uh, and yeah, no, but I, I hadn't think the interpretation. Be right that, that there is unfortunately, especially among like young young white dudes, this festering nasty racism that unfortunately is becoming more prominent in this country. Yeah. Shane and I actually thought that he because he's a clearly messed up person who the family mm-hmm. doesn't like. We were thinking that he might actually do a face turn, that the reason why he was so, um, what's the word? Uh, the reason why he was so 
so messed up was that he was actually horrified by this situation uh, okay. and that he actually was that that he actually was like you know like just traveling and doing drugs as a way to like cope with oh yeah. my gosh these people are kidnapping these black folks but no he's just an awful yeah. alt-right racist <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, which your interpretation picks up on pretty nicely yeah do you want to elaborate on that a little more um it remind the the whole scene once once um that once he gets basically like hypnotized again and that that like as you said blood curdling scene where she basically shows the keys yeah it, it reminded me of the newest resident evil <laughs> where oh i haven't seen you it. have you have like this white family in the backwoods mm. and like all of the characters were very reminiscent of the characters in that new they have like the brother who's like crazy and mm. like and he's like walking around with a cross is a cross stick like fucking mm. like I don't even know, like the guy from Clockwork Orange or something. It's just like really awkward and yeah, and creepy. Um, but I don't know that I want to elaborate on it. I just his to me his symbolism was this is the next generation. They're literally they're they're racist and they're they know it kind yeah, of thing. Exactly. <laughs> so it's not polite racism. You're right. It's, it's right out there. Right. It's just overt you. racism again. Yeah, overt um, racism is coming. Back, like overt racism still exists. It's coming to the fore. And oh, by the way. Overt racism isn't just from people who are poorer than you or live down south. It also can be bred in places where there's lots of money and people right. who vote for Obama three times. Yeah. Um, but you find out that vote for Obama people are all are also incredibly it's it's incredibly racist in uh, as well. But more, even more importantly, just straight up monsters. And uh, before we get into that, uh, I'm sorry, I'm talking much. It's, yeah. it's uh. There's a thing with horror movies. Yeah. There's a thing with horror movies, yeah. and there's also things this thing that crime movies also share, okay. which is is that a lot of times the buildup and the mystery and the suspense is a lot better than the payoff when yeah. you find out who actually did the murder or what is this weirdness right. happening in this world or <clears throat> what is the cosmic horror that's going to drive our people up. A lot of time that's anticlimactic. Get Out is not that. Yeah. Get Out actually delivers on the tension in an amazing way. And this is before the actual finale. We're just telling you what, like, the reveal of the horror is. Right. I quickly want to say that, to that point, I agree. One of my favorite kind of crime movies is Zodiac. Mm. Have you seen that one? I haven't, but I love Mark Ruffalo so much. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, are you familiar with the Zodiac Killer? Oh, I, yeah. yeah okay, I know yeah, the mystery, yeah. and uh, yeah. I yeah, I know a lot of the, the those, those poor saps who have been chasing him and destroyed their lives. Yeah, so nobody's still caught the guy. No, it's right? still still unsolved. So the movie is like pretty long, like two, two and a half hours, and it's all this build up where they go to these people's houses and they like interview people and they're looking for him. And they're you know, that is the whole movie. It's that suspense, that build, like you just said, and there really isn't a payoff. Right, because there there's was no actual payoff and But the suspense itself is just so entertaining, excuse me. That that it kind of makes it worth it. Anyway, sorry. Back to back to underailing and going back to kind of the payoff. Yes, the payoff is wonderful. Yeah, um, uh, it's it's and uh, yeah. Do you want do you want to speak of the payoff? <clears throat> sure, I'll speak of the payoff. So basically, he gets hypnotized, sent down to that basement. Which when r at the very beginning of the movie, when they're like, "Oh, the basement," I forgot what they say. The door is locked, or I forgot what they say about the basement. It's under const it's, it's under, under like construction renovation or, or something, something like that. There's a flood. It's it, like you it, can't go in the basement. Yeah, and it's and, and of course to any use any viewer who's ever seen a horror movie, you're like that basement is fucked. <laughs> 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 so you already know something weird's gonna happen. So he's in. The, he wakes up in the basement, kind of strapped down to the, this chair, and basically it's announced by Stephen Root's character, the blind the blind art dealer or art guy, um, that they basically the, the, this kind of racism is very different than let's just you know 
kill like it is not it's not genocidal it's they're actually kind of there's some jealousy and there's like they want what they can't have so what they do is they basically cut out the brains of these white people and they basically transport or this one piece and they, they cut off basically it. the part of the brain with just like the with with, with uh they basically take a part of the brain of this of a white person yeah. and put it on to and then graft it on to part of the brain of a black person. Mm-hmm. The black per and so basically they get to remote control this black person's body and the black person has consciousness still, but they're just like watching their own life through their own go through their own eyes. Mm-hmm. And Catherine Keener's character is monumental in this because she's the one that ensures that their consciousness is in the background yeah basically it ensures that their consciousness goes into this place called the sunken place where they're basically like in the suspended psychological viscera as Mm -hmm. then their brain is as another brain is transplanted on top of them and they have no ability no under normal circumstances to control their bodies anymore so it's like basically it's like a living hell where you can never breathe or interact or do anything but you just see someone else live your life through with your body yeah and then sort of things start to kind of, at that point, I think they give a good amount of time where not a lot happens in the movie for you a few d- minutes, which is great because it allows you to sit back and think about all the shit that happened earlier yes. and start piecing stuff together and be like, oh, fuck. Um, so Steven Root's character is basically going to be taking Chris's Chris's brain because he wants his eye for art, um, you know, kind of photography skills. and Yeah, he basically wants to be... Like he's saying, there's a number of reasons why people do it. It's like some people do the novelty, some people just like for youth. It's actually like me. I just want your eyes. Yeah. I just want your. I just want your your eyes. And I, I think also it's implicit that he also wants to when he comes back, come back in the body of like a successful yeah. young artist. Yeah. Uh, with good functioning eyes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so yeah, and then the, you're seeing this is this this horrifying fate is about to befall mm-hmm. our hero. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, and you, you see the beginnings, the operation, et cetera, and it's, and yeah, you also, yeah, you, you get more exposition, and it's all really horrifying, and uh, yeah, it's it's great payoff. Yeah. But fortunately, something happens. Yeah. <laughs> Which is brilliant. And excellent. I want to know, like, how he got his head down to the level of where he could put the the fluffy stuff in his ear like i'm not totally sure but basically there is uh some there's some stuff in the chair is some stuffing yeah basically. there's some stuffing and he basically puts it in the ears so he isn't hypnotized right and then he like and uh so yeah when the guy unties him he of uh, which like the young alt-right racist son he takes a he beats the crap out of him yeah and yeah it, it is it is very satisfying and I should say that all the violence in this movie is incredibly satisfying. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's all right. I'm glad that and we'll talk to ending. I'm sure we're getting to the ending very soon. I'm sure. But, yeah, this is the finale. But basically, there's just you know, there's all this violence, which is really nice. I mean, I guess the whole point, right? You, there hasn't been violence all movie, yeah. really, and now you get to this kind of the climax and the payoff. And yeah, it just goes balls to the wall of violence. Oh, it's and, insane, and it's all great. Um, I love when he uh, spears the dad with the the deer head. <laughs> yes, um, yeah. So basically, takes out son, then takes out this. Uh, yeah, then there's this. The whole basement's definitely decorated like old school 1950s kitsch, including from like the bad paint job to the wood paneling to this deer head. And you know, they hit a deer at the beginning of the movie. Yep. Um, and so there is this kind of like the theme of the deer and the wild. And then he just takes the deer and he murders the dad, um, our hero, Chris, by just spearing him with the flipping deer head. And it's awesome. I assume there was some cheering. In it. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's tons of cheering. The uh, the deer head, um, I th- or I think the deer in general, I think there's like, there's this whole like analogy or the rather this metaphor throughout the entire movie of like, I guess the black people or black or, or, or kind of like a race thing through that through the eyes of the deer mm. where it's almost like they're deer in the headlights yeah um from where it gets hit it hits at the beginning and kind of like kind of wakes them up from it the flash the flash bulbs on the cameras that wake them up do you know why do you do you figure you know why that happens i feel like so what yeah and what that was more the deer to. in the headlights 
to me in a sense i my sense of it was just like basically a plot thing and that like by a bright flashing light allows the consciousness in the part of the brain of the yeah. of the of the black person who's been taken over to yeah. take back control briefly okay so there's no specific reason for it which is that's just the, the device that the yeah device i mean there had. definitely could be some layers i yeah, mean yeah. i'd love to have dinner with jordan peele and have yeah. him explain <laughs> things with to me that'd be delightful yeah uh but no it's uh it's 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 just this it's uh it's great and then yeah he, it, he ends up fighting Catherine Keener and I don't think I've ever cheered loudly for seeing a middle aged woman stomp to death yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah and then of course like the final boss if you will is actually Alison Williams who uh, is this really creepy scene where she's like in her pajamas and making fruit loops and listening to pop music while she's like scrolling through uh, basketball players, either like uh, like young black NCAA recruits. And there's two interpretations of it. I've heard people say like, oh, she's like searching for new victims. I heard it was just like that she was just looking to get her sexual jollies on, you know, <laughs> just like say like, oh, let's look yeah. at these hot guys. Uh, yeah. And then she like hears the commotion and tries to shoot him with a rifle and then her her grandfather who's in the body of uh this yeah. black man tries to chase him down it's this crazy nutsy finale uh that basically ends up with uh he with he uses a flash on grandpa which guys the guy which gets the yeah. guy who he took over to get the gun back and uh shoot allison williams yeah. before shooting himself it's a really intense scene so he's on the floor on the ground and they're all like bleeding there like what's going to happen and then so the ending comes and uh, so the ending apparently had a, there was a different ending originally from what i understand from reading uh, yeah. which is more depressing um which and, is that go ahead yeah because you see there's there you see there's these flashing uh red and flashing red and blue police lights and like oh god he's going to be murdered by the police he's yeah. getting murdered by police and you accept it. It's like, oh, shit, this is going to be another depressing thing in life. Yeah. But it, turn, there, it turns out not. It's his friend who works for the Port Authority, who you've been seeing throughout this. Yeah. is like, yeah. is his friend who he talks to is like, basically, who is also black and like, hey, there's this weirdness going on. And then when he is, Chris disappears off the deep end, his friend is this like, uh, is this uh, T- uh, TSA guy TSA agent, who works yeah. for the TSA is trying to get back to him. And then he like goes with this TSA card and yeah, it's not some white police officer. Yeah. It's his friend from the TSA. And then, yeah. And like when Allison Williams sees those red and blue lights, she's smiling. She's like, I won. Yeah. And then, yeah, he goes with, uh, drives away with his friends and Allison Williams like dies on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a happy ending. And the reason I liked it is because, so the original ending was, from what I gather from reading interviews with Jordan Peele, are that uh, it's it's what you expect, which is that cop car, he basically just gets murdered on the spot. And that's like how the movie ends. It's really depressing. What I loved about the ending is that it gives you that feeling and that emotion. When you see the cop lights, You immediate, your immediate thought is, this is how it's going to end. He's a black man. There's a bunch of dead white people and he's done. Yes. So it gives you that emotion. You're able to kind of feel that and experience it, but then subverts it. Totally and, flips it. And it's still a happy, happy ending. Yeah. No, and I, I've also really earned that too because, I mean, as Jordan Peele said, like, yeah, you know, like at this point, people are very aware that yeah. like police kill innocent black <laughs> yeah, men. Yeah, yeah. It's just like this is this is a this issue no longer needs to be like showed a line for people to realize that it's a problem. I mean, it's a problem that hasn't been solved, but it's a problem that people know about. Right. And it's like maybe having something a little more hopeful. Yep. And it was, yeah, it, it worked beautifully. Another thing with the police though, is, is that going back to the scene where yeah. they hit a deer, the beginning, yeah. the beginning of it, she asks, he asked to see this cop asked to see his license. And she says, no, I was, like where, where uh, I was, uh, I was driving. He wasn't. Like why, why are you doing this? And she gets the police officer to go away without him actually showing the license, even though he's perfectly on a shot. Do you think, at the time, that this is this heroic, white, naive, upper middle class girl standing up for her boyfriend, right. not necessarily realizing the niceties, but using her privilege in like a positive way? And then later on, when you find that Allison Williams is essentially an, is an is an evil honey trap. Yeah. You find that no, the reason why she didn't want him 
to show Elias as the police officer is so that there wouldn't be a record of right. him being right. near this suburb yeah. when he goes missing. Yeah. Like, because mm-hmm. if the police officer has a record of like, oh yeah, I saw this guy. He was near this town. A pattern. So like, you know, it could blow the blow the doors off their whole conspiracy. Yeah. And, and, it sh- and it instills trust in her. No, yeah, for for, for Chris. Oh no, character. it instills yeah, yeah and, and for the audience, uh, yeah. it's uh, yeah, it's true as well. No, it's like you're you, if you're not a distrustful evil person like myself, you basically a lot. I can see going through it, um, just like trusting Allison Williams until you see the box, yeah. and then just like oh no, yeah. And but even if you're distrustful of her, like I was for a lot of it, it's just like. The box is still one of the most shocking things. Like, there's a lot of just iconic, beautiful, shocking scenes yeah. in this movie. Yeah, I, I will say that my my impression wasn't that she was part of it. Mm. I just thought that when things got real, that she wasn't going to do anything about it. Oh, so I, I didn't necessarily think that she was going to be good, quote unquote. I just thought that she would be indifferent or she would allow whatever they were going to do to happen. Yeah. So when when it turned out that she was, <laughs> it was shocking kind of like one of the the ringleaders there it was it was pretty shocking yeah yeah it's a no i mean uh it's it's an amazing movie and i have hopes that this may actually be one of the movies that uh could possibly break through a lot of the prejudice Mm -hmm. against horror movies in general (laughs) to possibly you know like do something with like the award circuit and such because it's it's very socially conscious it's huge i think it's the biggest debut of a of a black director yeah, that's what um, i was reading yeah and yeah it's it's well deserved uh i mean i think we should talk about like gross at this time of this recording it's made a hundred it it's grossed 189 million dollars and is made with a 4.5 million dollar budget yeah. now in for those who are not necessarily aware like you know like the budget doesn't factor in marketing and stuff but even and it did have a decent marketing campaign but even if you like let's say do have a boat have a marketing budget which is like which is if you add 15 million dollars yeah. and then to that budget for marketing and then five hundred thousand dollars more this is a movie that still made a hundred and sixty nine yeah. million dollars yeah. and it's quite it's quite possible that it's in the 170 millions in yep. terms of pure profit right that's insane. It's yeah. an insane yeah. amount of money <laughs> yeah. for like this little yeah. directorial debut horror film. I think the last movie I can think about that was like that is the Blair Witch Project. Yeah, ironically, no. horror movies can clean like when horror movies can clean up because it feels like horror movies either boom or bust. Well, it's a little more complicated than that that they don't actually have a very high ceiling to like make their money back. Right. Like they, it's like basically, you know, it, Get Out would have been considered a success if it made $30 million. Yes. Right. Like straight up, like $30 million. That's like a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> that's like a good, for a $4.5 million thing. It's like, it's, yeah. It's, it's still it's, great. It's made, you made your money back and then so you, you've made a profit off of it. Even you know, off of it, you're good. Uh, make another one, Jordan Peele. And the cool thing is that Jordan Peele has said he wants to make more horror movies or as he likes to say social thrillers because he really likes the, the social thriller aspect of the horror mm-hmm. film. So he is going to be diving more into it. Uh, I, I mean, another thing too, is it's just, it's a movie that, uh, I think was also really, I think, you know, I think it's also a movie that really only a black person could have made. Yeah. Yeah. Well, which is because it's, yeah. And it's, and I think it's great. It's a really a good point towards, um, why it's important to have representation in terms of like your writing and your directing, because there's been a lot of great horror movies about uncomfortable topics, but a lot of times you have to be someone who experiences it. And it's hard to do a horror movie or hard to impossible to do a horror film about racism unless you're actually experienced racism. Right. I mean, and there isn't, there's definitely been horror movies that have touched on racism, but the one I think the most of is just the original night of the living dead where the hero is black and then is shot at the end. And it's less a movie about racism, more about like, I guess the thing of results like, yeah, um, a lot of people, people's racial expectations were, cause this is made in the sixties are subverted. Like, Oh, the main character is black. He is competent. He's heroic. He's, he's like, he's like, you know, all the, ne- all the negative bullshit stereotypes about black people are subverted. And then he's killed because of bullshit stereotypes about black people, mm-hmm. um, because they think he's a zombie. Right. Uh, but yeah, but no, that because they're have a, yeah, but yeah, no one but a black person, I think, could have made some get out, which 
shows why it's important to have black people and other people of color yeah. making movies in these genres so you can explore new territory. And when you talk about like film film se- uh, award season, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'll be very interesting to see where this cuz it it would be in line for the next next year's Oscars, right? When it as it yes, was released. Yes, next year's yeah, Oscars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, would be, it would be the it would be for the 2017 Oscars. It'd be interesting to see if they allow this movie to be <laughs> to quote unquote allow this movie to be included in the uh in the running yeah because and beyond because a lot of times you know beyond like human race and stuff like people oftentimes just don't give horror movies their due right and this i mean as we've said just like as horror is uh, fans of just movies in general this is like technically great with a great script it's socially conscious it's it's wonderful uh it really should be the type of thing that if you're doing a best movies of the year list should be on there and should be up for awards but We'll see if people are willing to uh, to give that to a horror movie. We shall see. Yeah. Other thoughts? Um, no, not really. I mean, we we could dive into scenes, but I don't know that that's necessary. Yeah, and I think we've done a lot of the some of the <laughs> better scenes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, for so, sure. So yeah. good. Uh, but I, I I guess like my my final thought would yes. be other than like kind of the war, the liberal racism is, and you touched on this a lot is. The movie works so well because so I was sh- I I was shaken when I left the theater mm. like and I think the last time I was this shaken it's a weird other movie the last time I was kind of shaken up when I left the theater was Black Swan I don't know if you ever saw that movie. oh it's a great movie but I was kind of like shaking at the end of that just like it kind of like hits you in a weird way in a um, way of in- of like really sincere intensity yeah 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 really sincere intensity and it's a movie that's really really it, it it's weird because even though there's a payoff at the yeah. end. I felt that my favorite parts of the movie were was everything leading up to that. Mm. The payoff was great, and it's, yeah. and it's great to just kind of like it, honestly, it, it's it's really like it's almost like you're finally able to relax when the payoff happens, even though it's horror and there's violence and murder and all sorts of crazy stuff happening in the dark. Like it was like the most relaxing moment of the movie for me because yeah. I spent the rest of the movie being totally enthralled and <clears throat> like from start to finish, just on the edge of my seat uncomfortable like just totally totally glued into to the experience i was having and yeah learning a thing or two (laughs) no it's and it's good it's it's a it's it's a really good movie to to see (laughs) just (laughs) no just in terms of like educational stuff as well Mm -hmm. it's like it's yeah it it's a movie that makes especially if you're a certain type of human being like i think we are that will make you very uncomfortable Mm -hmm. but it's also entertaining as heck and just a beautiful piece of craftsmanship and I guess the last final thought is that, you know, this is, in addition to this representation, in addition to being a great horror movie, period, this is also, people should take note, an original script. This is also an example of, like, this is original script from original property from original idea. And did, did he write it, too? Yeah, he wrote it. Oh, wow. It. It's just like, this is, it. yeah, this is what happens when, like, a, when, a, when a creator gets the ability to, you know, make their vision. And that's cool. And I think that really we should be encouraging more of that because i mean as much as we like sequels and adaptations etc um it's a beautiful thing when you discover something entirely new and uh it also i think says something that you know jordan peele in order to make this wonderful awesome low budget horror movie literally had to become one of the biggest comedic stars in the country (laughs) (laughs) for jordan peele to do this he literally had to become one of the biggest comedic stars yeah. in the entire country. It's like, okay, you could have a $4.5 million to make a movie, <laughs> which is peanuts. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I, I hope he was able to get a percentage of gross in his contract because, oh, man. Because yeah, uh, he has a kid on the way, actually. Oh, nice. Yeah, I didn't know that. It's great. Well, if you have any thoughts um, on this episode, you can find us at threeheadedboy.com slash the spoiler cast. Uh, the episodes are labeled there. Find us on iTunes and on Stitcher as well. If you want to watch some of our gamey stuff or some of our other videos, you can watch us on youtube.com slash threeheadedboy. And also on our new channel, vid.me slash threeheadedboy, which is a kind of a better channel for creators um, yeah. than, than YouTube. Do vid.me. It's just great. Um and yeah, you'll get to see me playing Bloodborne badly and uh, StarCraft actually somewhat okay. <laughs> and make sure you check out Get Out, folks. Because it's really, really good. I'm Dan. I'm Barra. It's been real. 
Money murder, I DNA. 